Hello and welcome to the Church Times podcast. This week, two gay priests of different generations talk about the challenges they've faced in their ministry. They've both recently published books about their experiences. The Reverend Marcus Green has written The Possibility of Difference, published by Kevin Mayhew, and the Reverend Stanley Underhill's book is called Coming Out of the Black Country, published by Zuleika. Both books are available at the Church House Bookshop. If you don't subscribe to the Church Times, visit churchtimes.co.uk slash subscribe, where you can sign up for 10 issues for £10, or try a one-month digital subscription for just £5. And on the 7th of March, the inaugural Theology Slam takes place at St John's Hoxton in London. For tickets, go to churchtimes.co.uk slash theology hyphen slam. Marcus Green, uh, Reverend Marcus Green, oh, there we go, let's have a title. Um, I am 52, uh, I was ordained 25 years ago this year. Uh, I was ordained into the church in Wales. First 18 years of my ordained life were in Wales. Oh, uh, yes, there we go. Uh, now in North Oxfordshire, rural North Oxfordshire, uh, I am rector of Steeple Aston with North Aston and Tackley. Um, and, uh, and enjoying that enormously. Love life in North Oxfordshire. I recently wrote a book, The Possibility of Difference, um, and that's, uh, as an evangelical from that wing of the church, um, and as a gay man, that's uh, a look at um, the Bible from a different perspective as an evangelical and seeing uh, in the Bible a very uh, affirming view of God, how God loves everybody and why the Bible very strongly says that. So, Stanley. Well, I'm 91. I was born and I bred and I was brought up as a Methodist until I was 30. But, it, but I also associated with free churchmen, and, they, and of course Methodism was very evangelical, and, and so were the free churchmen, extremely so. They were, they were fundamentalists, but of course I didn't know the difference in those days. They were, they were, as far as I was concerned, they preached Christ. Anyway, I ultimately had a, a breakdown. Um, it was precipitated by uh, another Christian who saw, sought to exercise the devil from me, the demon from me, as he called it. Uh, and then that precipitated an, a visit to the hospital for about six weeks where I had ECT. Uh, from then onwards, from that point onwards, I suffered periodical depression. I suppose you call it reactive depression. Uh, so, I, so I went, so I packed up my bags and came to London. I was recommended to a Freudian analyst. Stanley, had you ever suffered depression before that point? Had that been part of your life? Or was that, was that something that came in then? Yeah, the, the depression started for, 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 for real after, after the exorcism. Right. Um, I mean, I was, I was, I was anxious and, uh, um, what should I say, lack of confidence throughout the years up to that point because I didn't know who the hell I was. Sure. Uh, then, then I came and had two years with the Freudian, which didn't do a thing. Just left me like Humpty Dumpty, falling off the wall, left me in pieces. I had then testosterone treatment, recommended by the health service. So they, they said that um, homosexuality was a mental illness, so they they stuffed testosterone, they made a hormone into me. That didn't do anything except make, make me more, more, more feeling sexual matters, more, even more, 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 more so. Uh, I, I, I tried antidepressants. I had lithium treatment for a while, which made me shake. From then onwards, I had nothing to do with, with drugs because they just made me feel like a zombie. 
So when when did you decide to not have anything to do? What age were you when you stopped doing? Anything? My, well, I, I suppose I was forty when I stopped all all treatment, and I and, and I then made a decision that I would live as a try and live as a straight man because life was so dangerous. Sure. But, but, my, but when I when I came here, my depressions had been off and on all the time throughout all those years. Sure. Uh, and, the, and and these depressions continued. When, even when I retired, when stresses were, were taken away from me. And, the, and, and the, I always remember the therapist, he says, Stanley, you know, the, the only other way you'll get rid of uh, and, and come to terms with yourself is to write your story. And he, he hoped it would be a catharsis. Yeah. And he was right. I haven't been, been depressed, and I've certainly uh, felt happier about myself since I read the book. Oh. You know, it's a fascinating thing. I heard a guy on the radio recently. I was listening to Radio 5, and it was a chap who won Big Brother last year. Um, and he's, uh, I mean, he's a teenager, um, but he found it really difficult coming out to his best friend that he was gay. And we presume, we presume that, you know, kids today have it really easy. Yes. And just listening to that, it brought me up sharp. Um, no, actually, it's never easy. It's easier. The world has changed. But it is not easy. It has changed, but as you say, there are still people who are struggling. Well, at 52, I was born in a world where uh, being gay was illegal. Um, and although that changed not long after I was born, society didn't. Yeah. The attitudes that I grew up in were the attitudes that you grew up in. I didn't need the fingers on both hands to count the number of people in the world who knew that I was gay for most of my adult life. I came out when I was 43. Gosh. Um, my family didn't know prior to that. Well, I only um, told my brother a year ago. Yeah. He's absolutely... Oh, he's, 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 he's two years younger than me. He's 90, 89 or something. Uh, and and he, was, he was perfectly unfussed and I was quite yeah. surprised. Yeah. But I never tell my parents. Yeah. Um, I never tell... I never tell Do you think they knew? My mother may have done, but my father, of course, was so macho-orientated, macho and of course he caused me, throughout my childhood, he virtually never spoke, hardly ever spoke to me. Sure. Uh, he, and he thought I was a sissy. Well, they only had words like sissy sure. in those days, and uh, they, 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 they had no vocabulary. Yeah. They didn't understand uh, the emotional, emotional dilemma that, we were, that I was in at all. Yeah. The depression thing's an interesting thing. I would say, I mean, I, I have suffered from depression all my adult life. Has it been better since I came out? Um, I think the answer is yes to that. I still suffer from time to time. Uh, and I think when you've had this kind of long-term dissociation between what's inside and what's outside, that there are scars that are left Indeed. there. But having had sex as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a battleground throughout your mm. life and, you, and, and so you've missed out on any, any um, experience of, of the intimacy and the, the sacramental, a sac sacramental element of the union of two souls. Love. Uh, love, 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 that I'm alone mm. and, that, and, that, that I, and that I, and I long, long for, I suppose, an experience of, of, of feeling one with another. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that really motivates me is to try and do things. And behind the book, I, it's very much for me writing in a way because I want people who are younger than me to have an understanding of God 
which allows them to live with that possibility of love yeah. so that they can grow in love so that yeah. they can have that life which which you haven't had which i haven't had no. i mean i would love to have been married and loved a woman and, and had kids when you see everybody with their huge families that they've experienced <laughs> I mean, you, you, you feel, you know, the odd man out there, yeah, yeah. You, know, what, you know, a man, a man, a man that hasn't got... Yeah, that. when I was young, I always wanted to be a young father uh, so that I would have yeah. uh, children who would know yes. me before yes. I was old. And then when I realised that was never going to it's happen, a, that, was a, that was a loss, that was a grief. It's a strange thing. I've now, now realised I can... I, I now in little, for many years, I never loved myself. And now I can love myself. Uh, and I didn't think I was lovable, and now I think I'm lovable, and now, now, I, now I'm too old to experience it. <laughs> well, I became a Christian through uh, a school Christian union. Really? My family were not churchgoers. Really? Um, and a friend at school invited me to uh, a lunchtime meeting. Um, my dad had brought me up to hear the word Christian and spit. Uh, I went to this meeting because a friend of mine invited me, and I came away from it genuinely changed inside. Uh, actually, after university, worked at a church for a couple of years, St Aldate's in Oxford, um, and then in that time looked at ordination and uh, went straight to Wycliffe Hall and was ordained at 27, so I was ordained quite young. This was the mid-80s, so at that point we believed it was a choice and you could change. I knew it wasn't a choice, because although I could be pretty awkward, I wouldn't have chosen that for myself. Um, but believing it could change, because that's what we all believed at that point, mm. um, I just thought to myself, well, if this is it, then I will either have to change or be single forever. I can do it. My past started when I was quite a young boy. I remember um, being bullied at school, and at the time, there were the home service was broadcasting Man Born to be King on, on I think, on Sundays by right. Dorothy Hill Sayers. And, of course, it's, it's an extraordinary um, uh, rendition of the Gospels in, in dramatic form. I, so it impressed me that, that, that I, I, I said, well, I'm going to take Jesus as my friend because um, he, he went for the underdog and, 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 and stuck up for the underdog. And then I think my, my next uh, great uh, realisation was the fact that this Jesus, whom I befriended or really befriended me, was the Son of God. Mm. And that was when I started to read the scriptures in my early 20s. Mm. Has the church damaged me as a person because of my sexuality? The answer is undoubtedly yes. When you grow up as an evangelical, you very subtly are a second-class person as a yes, gay person. Yes. And very constantly that. And yet... The sustaining power of Jesus holding my hand, blessing me, mm. carrying me, yes. being with me, lifting me up, yes. being with the underdog, as you say, yes. has been the... Well, I think that's my experience too. I the mean, most powerful force I mean, One would ask, why on earth do you follow an organisation that treats you badly? Well... One, uh, you have to sort it out. The church is one thing, and uh, the Jesus is another. And I'm afraid, often the two don't don't meet. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, it's always been an uh, you know anomaly to me. Uh, the evangelicals would would quote you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, but, and then the, 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 the Christianity was a universal phenomenon. And yet, on the other hand, they're going to exclude me because I'm absolutely gay. I mean, it, it is a it is an, a, a it is a strange phenomenon. The, the turning point for me was 
a breakdown. Um, yes, and a really yes. serious breakdown, a breakdown that took me three years to recover from. So the church, you know, yes, sure, the church damaged me. I will say that. Yes. But it's then people in the church who were instrumental in lifting me up as well. Yes, um, yes. And my bishop at that time, who was the Archbishop of Wales, uh, Barry Morgan, um, was extraordinarily kind. Um, and uh, sent me away to uh, actually quite a conservative seminary in Kentucky where a friend of mine, J.D. Waltz, who was the chaplain there, quite conservative, and we differ on matters of sexuality, um, uh, put me up, found me space, gave me space, uh, connected me to a psychotherapist who actually was simply brilliant and gave me the space to understand who I was and it was an afternoon, a Tuesday afternoon in February, nine years ago, where I suddenly understood for the first time that I saw myself as a second-class human being. Mm -hmm. And in understanding that, realised just what shockingly awful theology that was. Yeah. Um, and that God does not see anybody yeah. that way. And the moment I understood that that's how I saw myself, yeah. um, I understood that that was terrible and couldn't possibly be true. That was the that was the unlocking moment for me. That was the again a change moment. People in the church uh, were the gifts that freed me. Um, mm. So had the church damaged me? Yes. Did the church restore me? Yes. The, the other thing that puzzled me about the church. I mean, the, we had the battle when we had um, uh, Darwin and all his origin of species and so on. And yet, uh, when you look at anthropology anthropologically of the whole of human race. I mean, the, from the word go, I mean, the human race has been anything but the, the binary model. And, and why the church, if it recognises that God didn't make the earth in seven days, why couldn't they recognise that sexuality is, a, is as variable uh, as anything else? Why? Why, why, can't, you, why can't you give, give preference to science in view of your, in your binary model? And I, another thing that that distresses me. Church of England has got superb theologians, yes, and yet, yet, yet we're still, we're still, we're still misled by these fundamentalists that that do not take, they do not even obey the rules of the Church of England. The the, the, the Bible is to be interpreted uh, with with reason and, and tradition. Yeah, I mean, it may be the word of God, but it's, it's handed to saint, to, to people who are frail and uh, and, uh, and and sinful. So they they need help in interpreting it. And yet, yet they they go they they go along the line that those words cannot be altered. And so we just being because you were single as you were trained. Yes. You were single when you were uh, yeah. selected, yeah. and this was never an issue. And people never sort of no nope. hinted no, or talked no, about. No. It was never discussed. Right. Never, never discussed. Never discussed with. I was. I never asked. I never asked about my sexuality by the bishop. Or, or when I went, I had a half an hour with Dr. Runcie. Uh, he talked about his love life later on. When he was a, when he was a tank commander in Holland, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite quite strange. I mean, he's a lovely man, but it, it, it was hilarious. <laughs> For me, um, no in selection process. No, I don't recall anything. Of course, I was much younger. I was in my early 20s, so I guess, no, not at all. Um, the only time, it, when I was at Theological College, um, 
there was a point where it did become an issue um, and that was and because I spent most of my time at Theological College wrestling with it as an evangelical I remember going on a study week in my second year at Wycliffe Hall and somebody making some kind of off-colour joke and because I was struggling at the time and coming to terms with myself I, I couldn't handle the situation and I left without telling anyone um, but I, I just couldn't couldn't have told anyone and uh, and then just before right at the end of my time there uh, the college principal who was Dick France RT France called me in and said he wasn't commending me for ordination because I'd missed stuff and he cited that week Um, and I sat there thinking do I tell him and I decided I would so I said this is why I wasn't there because this person made this comment and actually it's about me I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am gay and Dick sat there and said I had no idea oh 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 then it's my turn to apologize uh, I should have known and I should have been helping you and mm-hmm. I am really sorry right scrap everything I've just said and he stopped being my college principal that day and he became a friend and Dick was a friend to me for the rest of his life so I have to say that though my time at Wycliffe was hard there were a couple of people there who privately were extraordinarily in the end helpful. Can I make one one correction really about the Church of England when I joined the Society of St Francis um, I I, I, I get the impression that uh, part of my motivation uh, was not the, the uh, not only the desire for ultimate priesthood, but also to escape the world that was so cruel to me. And in the society, uh, it it, uh, it it did att- it attracted quite a considerable number of homosexuality. And in in, in, in all their teaching and all that, there was no no homophobia whatsoever. Mm. So so there is a part of the church. That that, yes. that 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 was enlightened and and, and didn't didn't um, um, beat that drum. So I'm going to tell you a story from 1992, uh, and this was my time in uh, Wycliffe Hall Theological College. We had a pastoral studies week, and we did a pastoral studies week, which included some input from um, uh, an organisation that was uh, involved in sexuality and in dealing with uh, gay people. And this organisation was a group that was all to do with helping people change from being gay to being straight. Uh, And I was delighted because struggling with my sexuality back then and being an evangelical, I didn't want to be gay. I wanted to be straight. And the guy who was coming was the head of this organisation and he was speaking to us. So I really wanted to hear what this guy had to say. And he came and he spoke. And he spoke about their work and then there were opportunities for us to sign up on a list that was very private uh, and we could very without anyone knowing go and see this person and um, so i went to see this chap and i wanted to know what the secret was and how i could become straight and this guy sat there having told us about the ministry of his organization mm-hmm and basically apologised to me because it didn't work. Really? 
It's incredible. I was devastated. Well. I was devastated. The head of this organization that was in the church and helping people become well, straight who were gay basically apologized to me because it was smoke and mirrors and he had nothing to offer. I was completely devastated. Well, I mean, I was delighted for the opportunity, the opportunity to express as, uh, you know, what I'd suffered as a result of the, church, the church's attitude to homosexuality over the years. Um, and I'm delighted that um, the, the, the Synod uh, approved, approved her motion and that it's now gone to the Parliament. It's because because your story there about, you know, against conversion therapy, yes. um, uh, because basically, back then, the story I told about, I wanted conversion therapy. Yes, of course. I wanted to be. Of course to be changed and and you'd had that terrible terrible experience that this is what they offer and it just makes you ill absolutely and um absolutely. and 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 i was seeking something that would change yes, me yes. but of course it's smoke and mirrors they cannot offer i know anything. i know i know and, the, and it took me years yes, it took it, me years well, to the, accept that uh, this is how god has made yes. me yes well it said what do you hope when you emerge from the current composite well I, I hope that we will be, 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 be raising people up, yes. releasing them from their bonds. Yes, <laughs> The absolutely. church has put them in. Yes, setting people free. Yes. So at the moment in the Church of England, we've got this Living in Love and Faith project, which is the House of Bishops' um, latest uh, programme yes. on sexuality. And uh, I, I've been invited to be part of that. Um, there are different groups. There's a biblical group, uh, uh, a science group, uh, yes. uh, a theology group, uh, and I'm on the biblical group on that. Yes. Um, and I've only joined it fairly recently. Really? Uh, I've been delighted to be invited to join it. I have to say my experience, uh, have, having been invited in, um, has been extraordinarily positive. Um, and what is going on is they're not attempting to write another report with more recommendations um, which will inevitably uh, upset some people and delight people and probably upset everyone frankly um, it's an attempt to write a, a set of resources so that the whole church can have a better conversation um, this is what uh, the inherited position is, this is what the emergent position is. Uh, everyone involved are Christians, everyone involved is trying to grapple with the Bible, everyone involved um, is part of our church. Let's have a better conversation with better information. Let's appreciate we're all in Christ here. Um, and uh, I think that's the first time that that has been attempted. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, as I, from where I am inside it, I mean, you know, in my group there are people with very different opinions, with very different backgrounds, but actually genuinely appreciating each other. And if something of that work can infect the wider church, um, that's a better atmosphere. Um, I don't, I don't mind disagreeing with people, actually, I really don't, yes. providing the disagreement... Yes appreciates that the person I'm disagreeing with is also a human being loved by God. But I have evangelicals writing to me, um, wanting to know more, wanting to engage, wanting to be part of a yeah. conversation. Um, and, and I think that that is a very different position from where we were. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. 
You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.